0: Hey, listeners, our Patreon page is live. We would love for you to support us. You can go to our website, failforwardpod.com. You can donate today. Thank you to our newest patrons, Beth J., Molly B., Jenny, Paige G., Elizabeth B., Daniel J., Aaron R., Gina S., Jennifer M., Neil, Laura G.,
1: Lisa A., and Lisa S., About five years ago, I had an incident where it's like, where I could tell he really wanted to work with a guy, you know, and that's okay. Uh, I'm going to move on. I'm, you know, I'm over it. Failing. 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 We talk about
0: failure. Some
1: battles you feel like you lost. And survival. Some battles you feel like you win. It's
0: tough. I had to make some tough decisions. We've all faced failure, but what steps do we take to launch ourselves into success? I'm Sarah Brown there is life to your dream. and then what we do with it and this is failing forward Well, I want to welcome Susan Branscombe. Thank you so much for being here today. Listeners, Susan is the managing director of Northmark Capital, but she also is the founder, was the founder and president of Q10 Quest Commercial Capital, which was bought, correct, Susan, by, which is pretty exciting. We're going to, I definitely want to talk about that. But listeners, what I want you to know that's really cool is that I heard Susan, or I saw Susan back in 2011 when she got the YWCA Career Women of Achievement, and um, I just always remember people that inspire me. And how many years later? Seven years later? No,
1: five years later when you came into Blown. Oh, it would have been. Yeah, it would have been five years or later. Or maybe six when you, yes. she came
0: into my salon and I saw her check out. And
1: of course, I had to go up and introduce myself. <laughs> you probably thought I was a freak. No, I thought it was great. I thought, wow, you own this shop. It's a great shop. Oh, that's nice yeah so
0: it was meant to be that we met that day yes because then I agree. you kept coming in and we became friends that's right indeed yeah yeah so thanks for being here today oh you're welcome I'm okay happy to be here so let's let's for our listeners tell us a little bit of background where did you grow up and tell me about your family
1: I grew up uh, near Dayton Ohio uh, in an area went to high school in New Carlisle uh, which is a fairly rural area okay of uh, of of I guess a Dayton Springfield submarket. Um, and my parents, uh, my father was a uh, blue collar worker. Okay. Um, worked as a sheet metal worker, primarily out at Wright Patterson Air Force Base. My mom was the career woman. Um, really? Yes. Yeah. She started out as a secretary um, at the base, probably in the 50s somewhere. And then Moved up. She was really good at what she did, and she was valuable to the people she worked with. Didn't have a college degree, but uh, moved up uh, to the rank of, I believe it was a what is called a GS twelve or thirteen, something like that. What would that be like? The equivalent to what? What what does that mean in non? I would say like vice president of a bank, kind of thing. Really, you know that kind of that kind of ranking and. Traveled a lot to the Pentagon and uh, worked for generals. And, oh, uh, gosh, and this is what years? These, this, uh, her, she rose pretty fast in the seventies. You know, uh, I just remember her getting all these awards, seventy through uh, probably early eighties. So she was sort of a renegade. I mean, that was rare then, right? It was not many mothers worked outside the home back then, but right. my mom always did. And uh, so she was inspiring to me.
0: And you have, don't you have a sister? I have a sister, yes, okay. younger, four okay. and a
1: half years younger.
0: Okay, yep, so just the two of you. Yes. So
1: so a career was modeled from your mom, for sure. It was. I didn't really know that for a long time, but I watched her get up, get dressed, and go into work. She, I can't remember ever her ever for all those years having a sick day. She... Accumulated all this time off, and uh, and we would go to Florida every every December, you know, and uh, and so they both worked, and uh, and so yes, she was my model, how hard she worked, and how you know she was inspire uh, inspirational to me. Did she retire from there? She did. Okay, she did after I don't know forty some years of service. Oh my gosh!
0: Yes. So, what was your biggest learning lesson from her?
1: I think my biggest learning lesson from her is uh, that she just never gave up. And I saw her go through difficult times in her life, and she just never stopped. She never gave up. And I, a quick story, uh, I was going through a particularly bad time in 2013, some employee situations going on in my company that I owned, And uh, But I had this business meeting. I had to do these business meetings out in in the West. So I was driving from Seattle to Portland, Oregon. And I thought, how am I getting through this? How am I getting on an airplane after all this going on at the office? How would I do that? Just pick myself up and go? And I realized it was my mom Mm -hmm. that gave me that inspiration. So I picked up the phone and called her. And I said, I just want you to know that this difficult thing I'm going through, to pick myself up and go anyway and do all the things that I have to do, I got that from you. You showed me how to do it. What is she like?
0: Is she still around?
1: No, she died in uh, 2016. Thank you. It was okay. sudden. Uh, she died in her sleep. Um, she'd had some health problems but okay. died in her sleep. Um, and what was she like? Was she? Was she tough? Was she... Big personality, more quiet. What she got along with people like everybody at the base. She worked uh, at w- she worked with at the base. Oh, we love your mom. You know, she was just like the social bee out there. Just okay. everybody liked her. Yeah, so a big,
0: like high influencer. Yes. Or, okay.
1: Yes, and um, just hardworking you know and all of her brothers and sisters she had 12 brothers and sisters and they were all very hard working sometimes two jobs you know and just that's what they did you know they worked
0: and how was it for your dad was there ever any issue with your i mean your mom clearly was the breadwinner right
1: no he never had a problem with it not did that he love was it? i do love it and not that he didn't have his sexist tendencies okay yeah. But he loved the fact that mom was bringing in, you know, more money than he did. He's yeah. fine with me, you know, just that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Which was, I mean, you know what, that was different back then.
1: It was different back then. Um, he was still, you know, the head of the house. But, I mean, it's still like my mom you know, did what she did. She worked hard and... And, um, and, but she, and she had all the children's responsibilities. My dad did really none of that. And he didn't really cook, you know, or do any of the laundry or anything like that. Mom did it all. Oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, so you grew up there. Yes. um, Younger sister- Yes. Go off to college? Like, did you know you wanted to do the college thing?
1: I knew it. I, okay. My mom encouraged us a, a great deal. Uh, went away to college for a while, followed a boyfriend. That was a mistake. Came back, kind of made an interim stop at Wright State University, was planning on going to Bowling Green uh, State. But I just stayed at Wright State and I got my degree there. Okay. Yeah.
0: And then and then you went into, after right after school... What was your first job?
1: My first job was uh, Kissel Mortgage Company in Springfield, Ohio, and so this was January of 1980, or the fall of '79 when I graduated. Okay. So What's Jan- the
0: economy like
1: then? Bad. Mm. So to even get an interview at that time, if you remember, like, well, you you probably don't remember, but 1980 was the time when interest rates were really high, 14, 15 percent, oh and the economy was bad. Can you? I just can't even imagine that. Yeah.
0: Like, how did, p- how did people buy a house?
1: They if- assumed loans, and that's what I did eventually at Kissel. I managed uh, – I started out as a trainee, go to these different departments and, and intern, you know. And then within six months, they promoted me to the manager of the payoff and assumption department. Okay, what does that mean? It sounds like a – a Vegas, you know, <laughs> hotel like the payoff yeah. and assumption, you know, but no, the, it's where the payoffs at the company occurred, and then assuming loans, you know, you assume someone when you buy the house, you assume the loan. Got and it. So these rates are lower than the market rates, so that's the benefit of, of that. But there were 12 women, and all of them were older than me. I was 21 years old. Oh my god, yeah,
0: oh my god. Did you graduate college early?
1: I did, I went through, I got through in three years. I went through summers, whoa, okay, yeah. so you work there, and then
0: then what like did you did you know you wanted to stay in that line of business?
1: I thought I did. I thought I wanted to manage people um and 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 do that. um I knew I wanted to do something in business like that involved office you know office work yeah. um but I left Kissel, and I started with Bank One. Okay. Uh, actually, at that time, it was Winters Bank in Dayton, which was an old line Dayton bank okay. that was eventually purchased by uh, Bank One. Okay. And so started there in the training program and uh, worked my way up. Uh, had an opportunity to go into commercial real estate, and that's where I cut my teeth on in my business, uh, commercial real estate. We participated loans with other banks. And I had a mentor that taught me the business, and that's how I learned. How did you know you wanted to start your own business? Uh, I knew because I wanted to build something. I wanted to build something of wealth. You know, in my business, you start over every January 1st with fees, bringing in fees. Mortgage bankers do that. I knew that I wanted to build something. And in mortgage banking, how you build wealth, how you build something, is you build a servicing portfolio. So you, you originate these loans, and then you collect payments, you pay real estate taxes, you make inspections, and you earn money for that. And okay. it's an annuity. And then that's what I sold to, to Northmark, is, is sold the servicing business and the origination platform as well. So
0: you had that for like 16 years. Is that right? How many almost, years?
1: Almost 17, not quite 17, but 17 years. Yeah. Did you know that you wanted to sell it? Was that your end goal? That was my end goal. I didn't know when it was going to happen. You know, you have to time it right with the market, like what are buyers paying? And it's a multiple of the servicing portfolio. Yeah. You know, three times, five times, right. that kind of thing. So uh, I knew. I knew at the time I wanted to sell it that I was ready to sell it. There was a fork in the road, like I can keep growing it yeah. and build it and then sell it later or I can sell it now and then uh, take back a non-compete and uh, that's what I did. How did you know at that fork in the road that it was the right thing? It felt right. It felt right instinctively to do that because I was, you know, it had this employee situation in 2013 uh, that I got through, and it was at a, I was at a point where I thought, okay, I can grow this and bring people in, and keep doing what I've always done and build it, or I can say, let me take my chips off the table, and let somebody else take the financial risk of you know making payroll, and then doing all the backroom stuff that I really didn't want to do anymore, mm-hmm. which is managing servicing people doing IT, marketing, health insurance for the employees, that kind of thing. I I really wanted to do deals and interact with people. That's what I'm best at, and that's what I knew I wanted to to do.
0: So it sounds like there was um, a lot of, like, learning from whatever that employee issue was or, like, Mm -hmm.
1: hardship there. There was a shift uh, there, yes, in terms of what I've learned, and I think um, in the in the uh, theme of your failing forward is just really um, communicating more. What do you uh, mean? What I mean is I think when you have a partnership with people, uh, and I've had a number of partners over the years, you have partnerships. There are things that you want to say to that person, ways you feel, they, things they think or feel that you don't talk about because perhaps it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Or you're both in denial about maybe really what's going on. And I think really um, talking about it more and having an understanding. Um, I think that's what I learned mostly about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So, Susan, you and I know each other pretty well. So I know that we had talked about some things that you could share with our audience that you think would be really helpful for people. So I'm going to hand it over to you to kind of share with some things that that you think are inspiring or Mm -hmm. that you have learned that
1: would be helpful for others. Mm -hmm. I have a a little story, uh, and I share this with my staff at the office, and we call it, Are You Ready to Get the Salt Today? Are You Ready to Get the Salt? And the story is this, where um, I was having a knee issue and I was headed into a physical therapy appointment to a physical therapy office. And I drove in and my car slid into the spot. There was black ice on the parking lot. And I got out of the car to walk in. I basically slid in. It was just black ice. It was not, you couldn't get any traction. So I get in there, I check in for my physical therapy appointment And I tell them, I said, you know, your parking lot is a sheet of ice. It is completely – I almost fell a couple of times coming in here. I mean, you guys need to get some salt out or have your landlord put some salt down. She goes, yeah, it gets slick out there sometimes, you know, when when, uh, it reaches a certain temperature or something. And I could see that she wasn't going to do anything about it, Yeah. you know. And I thought, wow, they have all these people coming in that have physical impairments because they're getting physical therapy. it's like, go get the salt, you know, have somebody do something, take action. Yeah. So then I was with my physical therapist, and I said something to him. I said, well, I said something to your receptionist about the salt, you know, that needs to be put down in the parking lot, and she didn't seem to do anything. So I just want to let you know, you got people coming in, and I almost fell a couple of times. There's ice out there. You guys need to get some salt down. He said, oh, okay, and just kind of blew it off. And, uh... You know, nobody was willing to do what it takes to get the salt. You know what I mean? Yes. Can I? So, yeah. Can I jump in yeah. on this
0: really quickly? So I recently heard um, about was listening to somebody talk about gratitude and how gratitude isn't just like being grateful for what happened yesterday, but um, it's forward. And so when I was thinking about failing forward, I'm like failing forward is about the gratitude but taking action around it, right? Right. Like, So you can't just have gratitude for yesterday. You have to put that gratitude into action today, Mm -hmm. right? Right. And so I love that. Are you ready to get the salt today? Because that's what you're talking about. It's the action, right? It's taking
1: action. And if you see something that needs to be done... In your company or in your family, is this something that needs to be done? And is it kind and loving, you know, too? But is it something where I need, I need to do something here? I can yeah. see what needs to be done. I need to take a leadership role and, and do something. And I find that 80 to 90% of people don't do it. They don't take initiative. They don't take action. Maybe for fear of failure, maybe just apathy. I don't know yeah. what it is. Okay. So will you give me an example where you took that action, like
0: at work or personally, that really made a shift or a difference, or maybe you were scared of it and you did it anyway? Mm-hmm. Let me think about that one for a yeah. minute. Yeah. Um, like, um, like I would think, like starting a business, selling a business. Mm-hmm. Let me, let did me talk you talk about starting. Were you yeah. not nervous? Like, and that's fine if you weren't. I mean, no, some people I was aren't.
1: nervous. I was nervous. I can talk about uh, when it w- became apparent to me that it was time for me to call some partners about starting my own company. Um, and it was a situation where I was in where it appeared that. There were partnerships being formed, which didn't include me. And I'd made it clear that I wanted to be a partner yeah. in, the, in the business. And partnerships were forming. I wasn't being included. I was basically what I what I'd started there at the company was being bought and sold without me being involved. And I made it pretty clear that I wanted to be. So I thought, okay, I'm out. It's time for me to, this is my sign to do it. So it's that picking up the phone. It's taking initiative, getting the salt. Susan, it's clear that you need to do something, you know? So pick up the phone and say, I want to do this. I want you to be my partners. And I'm going to. You don't feel sorry for yourself a lot, do you? No. No. It, and your uh, mom didn't either. No, <laughs> she taught me that. <laughs> and to, I mean, to a fault, you know, you do have to have some self compassion, you know, in life. And yes. uh, so she didn't really have that. Like, to pick yourself up, you know, having a cold, you know, I'm not going to stay home from school. No, you're not. You know, <laughs> you're going to school. <laughs> you know, so uh, yeah, just uh, taking taking action. Wrote a business plan, met with them, hashed out a deal in an afternoon, and we were we were off. You know, we were. I took initiative. I got the salt. You know, we did it.
0: So it's it's taking the initiative to get the salt, but it's also I think you do a good job of when you said you figured out a deal in an afternoon, you're, you will not let anybody walk all over you, though, either. Like you take that initiative to get something for yourself. And I don't mean
1: that in a selfish way. Mm-hmm. I mean it in a positive way. Mm-hmm. I was looking out for myself. I mean, they were looking out for themselves. It's business. You I know. know. I
0: just I'm not good at. Th- I just I need to improve in that because then I worry about the other person and blah, blah blah blah. And then I get
1: resentful because I didn't get what I wanted. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean, but I, I try to ask for what for what I want. I don't I know. always do it, but. I know what I deserve most of the time. I know what I want, so I just have to ask for it. And if they're not going to give it to me, then I'll go somewhere else.
0: Not everybody knows what they deserve, though.
1: Like, I love that you said that. I know what I deserve. Mm -hmm. It took me a while to get there. I haven't always known. Yeah. I
0: know, but still. That's so awesome. See,
1: I spent 13 years in institutional lending. Yeah. Okay, so before I got into mortgage banking in 1993, yeah. I spent 13 years in a corporate corporate environment, yeah. you know, where there were a lot of people there. I was a cog in the wheel, you know, and and so I, I, I knew that I had an entrepreneurial bent. I knew that I wanted to have my own business, to do sales, that kind of thing, but I didn't, I, I wasn't as confident as I felt like I needed to be. Okay, how do you get there?
0: How did you get that? I jumped.
1: Somebody said, jump, there's water in the pool. And that's what I did. I jumped, and there's water in the pool. Now, this was in 1993, another tough economy. We're coming coming out of a pretty bad economy at that point. And so um, I decided that I wanted to leave the lending business and go into mortgage banking, which is here are the people that are being sold to the lender, yeah, and then I'm the one selling to them. So I watched people in that industry because they were, I was their client. I watched people in that industry and I said, That's what I want to do. That's what I know I would be good at. And I could make as much money as I want, depending on how hard I worked. And I know I'm cut out for it. I want to do that. And so I jumped in 1993 from that cushy lending job to mortgage banking. And so many people said to me, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? And, you know, maybe a little scared. But I knew it was right. I knew in my gut it was the right thing to do. Did you have good support from your husband, from your family, yes. from... My husband is a saint. He, uh, he's very supportive. I would wake him up in the night, like 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, is it going to be okay? <laughs> oh, and he would tell you he it would, would say, be. It'll be okay. It'll it'll, it'll be okay. So I would go back to sleep. (laughs) So there is fear. But you cannot have courage without fear. Yeah. You cannot have, you've heard that, you cannot have courage without fear. Because you think about it, you have courage, you have to have courage over something, and that's because you're scared. You know, you're scared of, of something. And the fear is natural, but that's what people, that's what stops people from doing it. Right. You know, you were scared, I'm sure, of starting blown. Yeah. You know, there is a fear. You're totally. afraid it's not going to work. But I did tell myself that there's always a safety net. What am I going to do if it doesn't work out? I'm going to go back to lending. Right. You know, or do something else. I think that
0: that's a, I, I personally think that
1: that's a great
0: tool to have in your arsenal to know that or either to know or to make sure
1: that you have that safety net. I think so, too, because it helps you get through the fear mm-hmm. because you, you, you're you not sure it's going to work out. And sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Right. And uh, you did your best. And as long as you feel you did your best and you did everything, what did you learn from it? Yeah. What do you want to do now? Yeah. And what can you do now? We, we're not going to die. And no. you know, somebody said that to me one time. It's not like we're going to die. You yeah. know? And I'm like, yeah, I guess we're not going to die. We're going to just do something else for money, you know? Yeah.
0: Um, my husband was listening to a podcast the
1: other night, and one of the quotes
0: was, um, you're dead a really long time, so you
1: might as well do something today. <laughs> and I was like, I like that. You're dead a really long time. So you might as well make the best use of your time on earth now. Yeah. I mean, I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. So,
0: okay. So, you sold the business. What's your next?
1: What's my next? Yeah,
0: because I don't. I think there's a, probably a next for you.
1: Yeah, there is. I'm going to work for a while. I'm going to work for a while. But, um, but that
0: entrepreneurial spirit. Are you doing something else as like a side hustle? Maybe writing a book.
1: I I am been working on a book about about women in business. I've been working on that for a while.
0: Yeah, and you know I'm saying this on the podcast because that means now you have to finish it.
1: Now I have to finish it because, well, if you remember the video about me in 2011 at Career Women of Achievement, I was talking about it then. So that was seven (laughs) years ago. (laughs) Still working on it. Hey, it's still still progress, not perfection. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll finish it. Uh, I'm part of Women Writing for a Change, and I do classes uh, off and on, uh, Monday nights and so uh, I help the, – the ladies there help me finish my book, and I'll get an editor and an agent and everything. I'll, I'll pull, pull it all together. Yeah. But I'll, it's hard to do it when I'm working full-time to right. find the time.
0: and you're doing the work now that you're doing you love because, you, like you said, you're be able, to, able to do the deals. And
1: yeah. The, yeah, right. I've got loyal customers, and I've got loyal lenders, and uh, it's fun to put the deals together. I love it.
0: What else do you want our listeners to know about you or um, lessons? I love the salt.
1: Yeah, um, I think um, that, you know, I work in a very, I have worked in a very male-dominated field, and uh, I guess the message for young women that are in male-dominated fields, and they'll say to me kind of uh, off the record, like, can you believe it? I went into that meeting and nobody looked at me, and they just ignored me the whole time. And so giving advice to them or saying, here's what I do when they do it. I start talking. I get them to look at me, you know, and give me credit, not ignore me, you know. And so, um, you know, is it possible to be for women to be successful in male-dominated fields? And the answer is yes. For one thing, you stick out because it's like people don't even, don't know me by my, it's like, not Susan Branscombe is like well you know Susan well yeah we know Susan <laughs> <laughs> right. takes a while to get there okay yeah, right. but but no you're right you know that's a benefit you stand out yeah you stand out it's like you know female and mortgage banking what's what's going on with that but uh, you know if w- the way I looked at it when I first got in is um, if I'm going to use the fact that I'm a woman to stand in my way of getting business done then it will stand then it will be in my way yeah. But if I say this customer needs certain loan terms, he needs value in this. He needs he has a problem he wants me to fix. I can do that. You know, I don't have to be of a different gender to do that. Yeah. And uh, so you know, people have have learned that from me. You know, I don't go out and have drinks with guys. Um, I play golf with guys, mm. but uh, there's male bonding that goes on. You know, in that in in uh, in the any field you know right. and you're you're never really going to be able to participate in that fully you know and they go on hunting trips am i going to go on a hunting trip with you no right but i can still do deals with them they don't need to go on hunting trips with me to, to do business to do with deals, them, you know
0: you know it's interesting um, in my current job it's the the our leadership team is mostly women and we've gotten feedback that some of the guys don't feel like they kind of fit in with that Mm -hmm. and um, I'm like gosh that that's how do I shift that because I don't
1: want them to feel how I've felt sometimes you know I know and we've talked about that Uh, I've been on a board which is an all-women board and we've actually talked about that do you invite men to be part of the board and it's like you know we don't want to be sexist or exclude them like we've felt excluded over over time yeah. so do you include them you know you want to send the right message and be inclusive in that way right you know
0: right and it surprised me but I was so happy that somebody had heard that feedback and really mm-hmm. listened to it you know yeah and and now I'm gonna do something about
1: it right yeah I mean uh being you know being a woman in uh, a male-dominated field I mean you know it, it is not there, I'm sure there are times that it might have held me back. It has held me back, perhaps. Um, there have been people that don't seem to want to work with me because I'm a woman. There are very few. Um, Still? Seriously? Yeah. I mean, about five years ago, I had an incident where it's like, yeah, where I could tell he really wanted to work with a guy, you know. And that's okay. Yeah, uh, I'm going to yeah. move on. I'm, you know, I'm over it.
0: Yeah. So. Just like the other example, it's not going to
1: get in your way yeah it's not going to get in my way i just it's just you know the m- book uh, who moved my cheese yeah that's not where my cheese is my cheese is over here so i'm going over here
0: <laughs> yeah i love that <laughs> yeah
1: well you know i love you so thanks oh, for being on here yeah today. you're welcome it was happy to be here happy to contribute proud of you thanks
0: I want to thank everyone behind the scenes, especially Adrian Donica and the team at Gwyn Sound. Also, please find us on social media outlets at Fail Forward Pod.